I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today I'm gonna to talk about one of the biggest questions I get, I wanna say every day, every few hours. And the question is, what about protein? Now I'm a vegan, I've been a vegan now for about oh, well over 30 years. And so I don't eat any animal protein. So people say, where do you get your protein from? So we're gonna be discussing the truth about protein in your body and how much you actually need. Now, it's interesting. This week I was a guest on another show. I, I do a lot of guest spots on other people's shows. It's my friend, Eric Von Hessler. And we, we, he calls it Sparring with Dr. Joe. And we do a segment where we talk about uh, health and wellness, lifestyle issues that come up in the week. And it's part comedy, part science. It's, it's a lot of fun. And one of the topics that we discussed this week was a study that came out that said you can eat as much meat as you want. It doesn't matter uh, because they didn't find any difference with people that cut down on their meat consumption and people that ate their regular amount of meat. So what did I do? I'm the scientist. I dug in a little deeper. And I said, what is this study saying? So what they said in the study, which was totally ridiculous in my opinion, is people that ate a lot of meat, they cut back three servings of meat a week, and they didn't see that they got any healthier. And so obviously you can eat as much meat as you want. Wait a minute. Doesn't, they didn't say they were healthy to begin with. They just said they didn't get any healthier by cutting out three servings a week. What if you cut out all servings? So this study was so twisted and bizarre, and we had a good time making fun of it, and they picked on me, of course, and everything. But the point is that there's a lot of studies out there. It depends, A, who sponsors the study. Is it sponsored by the meat industry or the vegetarian industry? I mean, it goes both ways. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate there. But the bottom line is, no, I don't think anyone agrees that eating more meat is going to be good for you. Now, with the popularity of these high-protein diets, you might be tempted to believe you simply can't overeat protein. And this scares me. The truth is that consuming excess protein can actually be quite detrimental to your health. Eating excess protein can interfere with your health and fitness goals in a number of ways. Now, here's how this protein thing came about. Years ago, there was a, a muscle magazine that came out and uh, the writers of the muscle magazine said, you wanna build muscle, muscle's made of protein, you need to eat protein. And then they were selling protein shakes and protein bars and protein powders. And everybody got all excited and said, if I'm going to work out, I need to eat more protein. Well, it turns out it's not true. There was just a documentary released uh, not long ago called Game Changers. And what this documentary is all about uh, is that they take professional athletes uh, from all sports across, across, uh, across the board. And a lot of them are switching to a more plant-based diet. And they're seeing an exponential improvement in their performance, which is really kind of cool. Uh, in fact, I think it was the Tennessee Titans, the football team, I think a third or half of the team has gone plant-based. And they're seeing an improvement in how well they're playing. So that old myth of eat more protein doesn't hold up. In fact, it's the exact opposite. You don't have to eat more protein. Chances are you probably need to eat less protein. So if you're eating too much protein, that can include things like weight gain, extra body fat, stress on the kidneys. This is a big one, we can talk about this later. Dehydration, leaching, important bone minerals. You can lead to osteoporosis. In fact, it was a study called the Nurses Study. It's, still, it's an ongoing study, it's been going on forever. 
And the study says that forever, several decades. And it's one of the conclusions that's come out so far is that the more dairy products you consume, the higher the rate of osteoporosis. What? Wait a minute, Dr. Joe, back up. You're wrong there. The more dairy products you consume, the higher the rate of osteoporosis. Absolutely correct. Because there's two amino acids found in dairy products and meats uh, called methionine and cysteine. And methionine and cysteine, just two of the amino acids, when they get into the body, are strong acids. They need to be neutralized. And the body uses calcium as one of its primary neutralizing agents. So the body is giving up calcium to neutralize the acids. And so even though milk has calcium in it, once you pasteurize the milk, the a lot of that free calcium gets bound to casein, which is a protein found in milk, and so it's not available anymore. Because in order to break up casein, you need an enzyme called renin. And as we get older, we don't produce renin. Our bodies don't produce it. It's, renin is produced when you're an infant to break down your mother's milk. So different animals have different types of casein and different type of renin. So cows have different than humans, than dogs, than cats. And so you don't produce the renin as you get older, or much of it anyway. So you can't break down the casein. And when you pasteurize, the calcium can bind to the casein, so you can't free up the calcium. There's a lot of chemistry for you right there. But the bottom line is the more dairy products you consume, chances are the higher the risk of osteoporosis. And the number one food allergen is dairy products, which is an animal protein. So granted, your body does need protein. Protein and its array of amino acids are the primary building blocks for muscles and bones and even hormones. You can't live without intake of protein. Now, as you age and during pregnancy, consuming sufficient amount of high-quality protein is especially important. Now, as your ability to process protein declines with age, raising your protein requirements, it's important to make sure you get the right protein. But here's the thing. Why do we absorb less protein as we get older. You know me, if you listen to my shows before, my goal is to get to the why of anything when it comes to healthcare. And the reason is this, as we get older, our stomach acids get weaker. The stomach produces hydrochloric acid, which activates pepsin and pepsinogen, which then breaks down the proteins into amino acids, dissol dissolves the proteins. So as you get older, stomach acid drops. Your digestive system all the way along the, along the whole digestive system gets weaker. So we have a tougher time breaking down the proteins. So we can do a couple of things. Number one is we could dump a lot more protein into our body, and hopefully we can absorb some of it. Or how about we improve our digestive system? <gasps> well, there's a novel idea. Keep your digestive system young. So here's something I do. Whenever I eat a cooked meal, whether and I, again, I don't eat any animal proteins at all, but whenever I eat a cooked meal, I take something called Dr. Joe's Digestive Enzymes. Because as I'm getting older, my digestive system is getting weaker. It's part of aging, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But when I take the digestive enzymes, it allows me to break my food down more effectively. A better thing, which I try to do most of the time, is have something raw at every meal. Now, when I say raw, broccoli, cucumbers, tomatoes, avocado, salad, raw food has something in it called enzymes. And in fact, when you eat something raw, up to 70% of that food that you just ate is going to be digested by the enzymes that are in that food. So if I eat a raw carrot, the enzymes in the carrot are going to help digest the carrot. If I cook the carrot, now I have to produce enzymes to break down that carrot. Same thing goes with steak or anything else. So whatever you're eating, if you're eating an all-cooked meal, I strongly advise you take Dr. Joe's digestive enzymes. They're on the website, drjoe.com. 
it helps tremendously. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to do a show somewhere along the line on digestive enzymes. It helps with infections. It helps with inflammation. It does wonders. Now, the other thing that happens is your stomach may not be in the right position. Your stomach can spasm. It's a muscle. And if it spasms, it can push up against the diaphragm and you don't digest your food properly. As you get older, the muscles get weaker. And there's a muscle uh, called your diaphragm. And in your diaphragm, you have a hole called the lower esophageal sphincter. And that hole is a muscle. It opens, allows food to drop into the stomach as it comes down the esophagus. It closes, you digest food, and you pass it on. If you have acid reflux, heartburn, burping, gas, bloating, these are signs that you're not digesting your food properly. And the, the, the lower esophageal sphincter can become weak or stretched, and food can reflux back up into the esophagus. The danger of that is multiple. Number one, you can get uh, acid into the esophagus, which can lead to things like esophageal cancer, chronic cough, sinus problems, sore throat. But the other thing is you're not breaking down your proteins properly, so they pass into the small intestine, and they're not getting broken into amino acids. So now you're not absorbing your proteins like you should, so what do we do? We then say, well, we got to eat more protein. Probably not. We probably got to fix the reason why you're not digesting the protein so you don't have to eat more. In fact, just recently, one of the antacid drugs that are on the market, a real popular one, was taken off the, off the market because it has, it has a chemical in it called NDMA. And NDMA, in, in a certain amount, has been known to, has been linked to cancer, I should say. So the question now comes in is, oh my gosh, what am I going to take if I can't take this drug? How about you fix the cause of your acid reflux so you don't need to take the drug. I'm not saying that not everybody needs drugs. I'm okay with medication. I think medication is fascinating. And if I need it, I take it. But if you ever read the directions on these antacid pills, they clearly say, take for about two weeks and then stop. How many people have ever taken antacid medication for less than two weeks or two weeks? Very few. I don't know anyone, as a matter of fact. So people take it forever, and then it causes problems because it shuts down your production of acid or neutralizes the acid that's in there, and then you can't break down your proteins. So what do we need? Eat more protein? Well, maybe not. What if we fix our stomach acid issue? So we, as always, we try to get to the cause of our problem, of your problems, not just treat the symptoms. As a chiropractor, and I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management, double board certified in nutrition, all this research I've done for the past 35 years leads me to the fact that many of the healthcare problems you're suffering right now can be dealt with if we treat the cause of the problem and not just treat the symptoms. In the meantime, you may have to treat the symptoms. If I have a headache, I'll take some acetaminophen, which blocks the pain, but then I go to one of my doctors in one of my offices and say, hey, Erwin, uh, Cat, uh, Ryan, uh, uh, Sam, take a look at my neck, uh, Amy, see if you could find out why I have this headache. And they'll go in there, it's usually a pinched nerve, they adjust me, fix my stomach, whatever it is. Maybe I had some monosodium glutamate, maybe I had some caffeine. And then we get to the cause of the problem. So saying you need to eat more protein, which is what's recommended as you get older, is not a good idea, and especially if it's not quality protein. Plant-based protein is so much easier to digest than animal protein. And in fact, there were studies done on kidneys, and they found people with kidney failure if they took out the animal protein and gave them plant protein, the damage was stopped and many times reversed. Same amount of protein, let's say 10 grams, 20 grams, 40 grams, 40 to 70 grams a day, some people eat. When you switched it to a plant-based protein, it didn't affect the kidneys. Same amount of protein, different source. So the animal protein is where the problems are coming from in many cases. Now it's especially true for aging men. 
because protein helps preserve lean muscle that's typically lost as you get older. Gentlemen, how many of you are losing muscle as you get older? Of course we are. That being said, there's an upper limit on how much protein your body can actually use. Now, on average, Americans consume anywhere from three to five times more protein than they need for optimum health. I'm going to say that again. Americans consume three to five times the amount of protein they need for optimum health, along with far too many carbohydrates and then many times not enough good fats. They're eating plenty of bad fats, but not enough good fats. So the macronutrients are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. They're called macronutrients because they're macro. We eat a lot of them. We're messing up bad. And if we continue to do this, we have problems. So meat consumption has risen dramatically in the U.S. over the past century. And what makes matters worse, a large amount of the excess meat is typically poor quality meat. Many of it originates in concentrated animal feeding operations. Now, that's called CAFOs. Where the animals were mistreated, they were fed on an unnatural diet of genetically modified grains, corn, soy, instead of things like fresh grass, which is what they're designed to eat. Now, our goal should be a diet with enough, but not too much, high-quality protein from a variety of plant sources. And if you're going to eat animal sources, I'm begging you, please, I'm on my knees, only do organic animal sources. I prefer you don't do animal sources. But if you do, I want to make sure they're organic. Because 20, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have to worry about things like steroids, hormones, chemicals, pesticides, genetically modified food, glyphosate, which is a weed killer. And now we do. I've been talking about this for years. And now you're seeing on TV, you know, if you've been exposed to glyphosate, it, uh, juries are awarding these huge uh, uh, judgments against glyphosate manufacturers because it can lead to cancer. So I'm going to put that in the Dr. Joe was right column. I talked about it years ago. No big deal. It's safe. You can use it in your house. Now it turns out Dr. Joe was right. So I go back when I teach healthcare to the basics, the things that are tried and true, the things that have been tested by time. And what we find is the best diet you can eat, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Now, you might think that's boring. It's not. There's over 120,000 choices you can make. Uh, I, have a, I have two books written. The first one is called Eating Right for the Health of It. And in that book, we talk about how to change your diet. Breakfast, lunches, dinner, snacks. We have uh, over 200 recipes in that book. My second book, Prescription for Extreme Health, lays out a whole lifestyle protocol. Not just diet, but everything. Chiropractic care, making sure the nervous system is working properly. Make sure the digestive system is working properly. Stress, exercise. It's all laid out in that book. So if you're a reader, you can get those on my website, drjoe.com. And they're, they're real easy reads. I write the way I talk, real kind of silly and, and, and lighthearted. So there's a number of reasons why I believe it's essential for your health to limit your protein intake. The first is that if you eat more protein than your body requires, it cannot convert those uh, into proteins like you need, and it's going to convert it into fat, increasing your blood sugar levels, and it can also feed pathogenic bacteria and yeast, such as candida albicans, which is a yeast infection, as well as fueling cancer cell growth. We're going to talk about the MTOR pathway in just a second and how that's the pathway that causes cell growth, uh, abnormal cell growth. Excessive protein can have a stimulating effect on important biochemicals pathways, and that's the MTOR pathway. It's called the mammalian target of rapamycin. So we're just going to call it MTOR. This pathway is important and it has a significant role in many cancers. And when you reduce protein to just what your body needs, the MTOR pathway remains inhibited, 
which helps minimize your chance of the cancer growing. Additionally, when you consume too much protein, your body has to remove the nitrogen waste that comes from the protein breakdown from your blood, and this puts stress on your kidneys. It can lead to things like chronic dehydration. It's also found in a study, they did a study involving endurance athletes. New studies have brought some additional insight into protein discussion. So it relates to your longevity. This is a question too. Do we want to go on these high protein diets? Can we live longer? And the answer is no. I'll tell you why, but the bottom line is no. Many animal studies have established that calorie restriction leads to increased longevity. But the latest scientific study suggests this phenomenon may actually result more from reduction in protein intake, not just calories. Specifically, reducing intake of the amino acid methionine, which happens to be high in meat. Yet, new research suggests that it can balance the amino acids, and that's going to be the key if you're eating the right diet to balance the amino acids, especially with other amino acids like glycine that can help lower your methionine levels. So once again, if you eat a lot of meat, it has a lot of methionine. And methionine and cysteine are the two that are acids that rob the body of calcium. And that can also uh, affect how cholesterol sticks to the artery walls. So that's another big issue. Now, you can appreciate some of the advantages uh, of your reigning in your protein consumption when you read the research. How do, you, how do you know exactly how much protein you actually need? Of course, that's the question all of you are getting to right now. I've been yapping now for about 20 minutes, and you're saying, wait a minute, where do I get my protein from? I'm getting there. In Italian, we say aspet. Aspet means calm down, relax. We're going to get there. It's a simple rule. All you need to know is your lean body mass. You likely need about one half gram of protein for every pound of lean body mass. Now, that can become a little confusing. For most people, the amounts are it's real simple, 40 to 70 grams of protein a day. If you're a little person, 40 grams of protein a day. If you're a big person, 70 grams of protein a day. Again, you can try to break it down into grams and the weight and the lean body mass. That's just too confusing. Rarely does a person need more protein than, than this. The exception would be those who are aggressively exercising or competing. Let's assume you're a professional athlete. Let's assume you're training for the Olympics. You're a bodybuilder. Also, women that are pregnant. Now, you should have about 25% more protein if you're in that category. But here's the thing. Your body can only absorb about 8 to 10% of its total caloric intake every day. If you're, most people are doing 20%. And that's way too much, double, triple the amount of protein that you need sometimes. And that puts such a strain on your kidneys and your liver. Now, 30 some odd years ago when I got in practice, I very seldom ever saw a patient with kidney problems. Very, very rarely. Now, two and three times a week, I have patients either come into our office or call in, because this show, of course, goes all over the world, and they'll send me emails at drjoe.com, our website, Dr. Joe, I'm in stage three, stage four kidney failure. What do I do? Step number one, cut out your animal proteins. I had a friend of mine, and he was a mountain of a man, and he had diabetes and high blood pressure. Doctors cut a piece of his stomach out and stapled it together, and he lost a ton of weight. And he came to see me after a few years, and he looked amazing. He was about as thin as I was. And I went, Alan, this is amazing. I can't believe how much weight you've lost. He said, yeah, they cut out, they cut out a piece of my stomach. And so I said, that's amazing. He says, now I have a problem. And his wife was with him, got a little teary-eyed. And she said, now he's in stage four kidney failure. I said, what happened? They said, they told me to eat a lot of high quality protein. I put quality in quotes, like lean meat. He says, so every meal I was eating a ton of meat and that stress was put on my kidneys. Now I'm in stage four kidney failure. 
So I had a conversation with them. I said, you got to cut out your animal proteins. You got to get on supplements like Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source, maybe some Dr. Joe's Nitric Oxide to increase circulation. He didn't listen. Last I heard, his wife had to give him a kidney. So now she's one down, he's one down, and hopefully they're going to continue on. They're nice people. I wish them nothing but the best. But they didn't know what to do, and they didn't want to follow Dr. Joe's advice. Now, could I have saved his kidneys? I have no idea. Was it worth a shot? To me, it was worth a shot. Absolutely. But that's okay. His wife and him are hopefully doing fine now, and I wish them all the best. But don't put this stress on your kidneys. Don't get to that point because you don't need to. 40 to 70 grams a day is a general range. Uh, in the uh, Centers for Disease Control, that's the protein recommendations for adults. 46 grams a day for women, 56 grams for men. Again, 40 to 70, you're kind of in a safe area there. But once again, it's a quality of protein too. Plant-based protein, much higher quality in my eyes, when I'm talking about quality, meaning health, than it would be an animal protein. Substantial amounts of protein can be found in things like meat, fish, eggs, dairy. But how about legumes, lentils, split peas, nuts, seeds? Some vegetables contain generous amounts of proteins. How about broccoli, loaded with protein? 40 grams of protein is not a large amount of food. That's the equivalent. How much is 40 grams of protein? Two small hamburger patties. One six-ounce chicken breast. That's 40 grams. You don't need a whole lot. And if you go to 70 grams, what's that? Three small patties or one and a half chicken breasts? Nuts and seeds contain about four to eight grams of protein per quarter cup. A quarter cup is not a lot, folks. That's a handful, probably, a big handful. Cooked beans, seven to eight grams. Cooked grains, five to seven grams per cup. Most vegetables contain about one to two grams of protein per ounce. So once again, I haven't had any animal protein in 30, well, almost 35 years now. I'm fine. Every time I get, uh, I get my checkups, the doctor's like, oh my gosh, you're in amazing shape, Dr. Joe. It's incredible. Your blood work is uh, like off the chart clear. People say I look about 15, 20 years younger than I am. So this lifestyle really works. If it didn't, if I thought that meatball sandwiches were better for me than a salad with nutritional yeast, I would be eating meatball sandwiches. I can eat anything I choose. Knowing what I know, the research I've done in 35 years leads me to this conclusion. And so I'm betting my life on it. That's a strong bet I'm making. I'm betting my life that I'm right. And so far, I'm right. Published evidence indicates that excess protein can lead to adverse health effects. Several noteworthy examples. Weight gain. A study released by Clinical Nutrition notes that high-protein diets can lead to excess body weight, which directly relates to increased total death risk. Now, but uh, when the protein is replaced with good fats and, and, and fruits and vegetables, that's, uh, that changes quickly. So short term, if you want to lose weight, things like the ketogenic diet, the high protein, the Atkins diet, the zone diet, all those are great. Number one, they're usually not very sustainable because most people don't stay on it. They do it, it works, but it's not practical. And again, if you can do it, great. But the downside is even if you can do it, long term is not a good idea. And in fact, we talked about this a while ago. There were studies out on the ketogenic diet that said two months maximum, because after that, we started showing weakness in the heart. It actually started affecting your heart. So weakened bones, according to the Journal of Nutrition, too much protein consumption can release large amounts of acid into the blood fluid, fluids. The kidneys excrete these acids, and the skeleton assists in acting as a buffer through active resorption. Okay, it's a lot of fancy word. It neutralizes the acid. Calcium loss occurs because the body uses calcium to neutralize the acids. 
Researchers went on to say that it can be mitigated by increasing intake of alkaline-rich foods, which are what? Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. This information is collaborated with another study where researchers found increase in protein intake led to an increase in urinary calcium. So there it is. Make an appointment to come see us right now. In the Atlanta area, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. Go to our website, drjoe.com. You can book right online or call us. We'll give you all the information. We accept most insurances or work with insurance companies. We want to get you well. Again, the website, drjoe.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on the WSB Radio app.